My name is Nicholas Haskins, and over the past 40 years, I have fallen in love with creating in my kitchen. I believe in scratch cooking, fresh ingredients, and positive energy. Join me on this culinary journey as we discuss the weekend food, and I break down a recipe step-by-step for you to make it home. Welcome to Nikolai's Kitchen. Hello, good morning, hi, my name is Nicholas Haskins and this is Nikolai's Kitchen. Welcome to the pilot episode where I am going to talk all about my absolute love of food. Well, if you're familiar with me, ladies and gentlemen, I used to co-host a show called The Epic Film Guys where we talked about movies and once upon a time... I had another food show called The Restaurant Podcast, where I would not only talk about my recipes, but I would also review restaurants. But this is going to be all about my culinary journey, my kitchen, me cooking recipes either from you or that I have made or that I found somewhere in the wide, wide world that I'm going to be making for you each and every single week. The back half of the show will be entirely dedicated to breaking down a recipe, telling you what you need and the steps you need to follow to recreate it at home in your kitchen. Because I feel the best thing that we can do with food is share it with other people and share our love of food with other people. I really and truly feel that one of the best and most positive things that you can ever do is to break bread with someone, is to just offer someone a home-cooked meal, something that you spent hours creating, crafting from scratch in your kitchen. I hope that as you go on this journey with me week to week that I'm able to kind of transform your views on cooking. I hope that I'm able to get you to try new things. I hope that I'm able to get you to take chances in the kitchen that you may not have thought you would want to take. When I first did the restaurant podcast, I was terrified of things like making pasta, which I now, whenever I make lasagna, cannot live without. I make homemade bread. I make homemade doughs. I make homemade sauces, jellies. You name it, I cook it, and I cook it from scratch. I'm also going to talk to you guys about what I have been cooking in my kitchen for the week. Now, sometimes it's going to be pretty ho-hum and pretty boring (laughs) because my son lives with me who's a vegetarian who doesn't really eat any of the food that I cook because I cook with a lot of different meats. So I cook for myself a lot and I cook in bulk. So I have lots and lots of leftovers. I also do meal replacement smoothies at least once, if not twice a day. And I'm going to talk to you guys about that at some point in the future on the show as well. But I definitely want to tell you guys everything that I have been doing in food As the week goes on a little bit about me, I have never been trained as a chef. I did work in a restaurant when I was 17. I worked as a dishwasher and sort of, sort of prep cook. I think I helped to like cut up lettuce one time for like salads at this restaurant because my aunt was the manager. Uh, But I didn't ever have any formal training as a, a prep cook or a sous chef or a chef or anything like that. Never, ever done it. Everything that I have ever done in the kitchen is done by just taking my love of food and just trying to transform it, trying to build something out of it, trying to add to it, trying 
to build flavors, trying to build experiences in the kitchen. From going from things like making boxed macaroni and cheese, which is still a guilty pleasure of mine, I will fully admit I like to dress it up nowadays, add a lot of different things to it. So it's really, really dressy, but it's still boxed macaroni and cheese. But I absolutely love to create in the kitchen. But every single week on the show, the first thing that we're going to do is I'm going to give you some positivity for the week. New beginnings. New beginnings. And what I mean by that, ladies and gentlemen, is don't ever be afraid to just stick your foot in the door, to just slowly but surely creak that door open, take new steps into becoming the person that you want to be and into reaching the goals that you want to reach. When I first did restaurant, I loved doing the food show and I loved doing the restaurant reviews, even though the show was born out of kind of a negative idea, which is why one of the things that I want to do in this show so much is offer positivity at the beginning of every single week's episode. I'm going to give you a positive thought for the week because I want this to be all about positivity and there's nothing more positive than creating and cooking in the kitchen. So I want you, before we settle into the kitchen, before we tie on our aprons, mine's pink with cupcakes. <laughs> before we tie on those aprons, before we get out our cutting boards and our knives and before we start prepping, just close your eyes, ladies and gentlemen, and just think about what you want to achieve, what you want to accomplish this week. What is it that you are striving for? What is it that you are waiting to do? What is it that you are waiting to challenge yourself with? Take that step. Believe in yourself and know that wherever you are in the world, whenever you're listening to this, whether it's the week that it releases or whether it's a year, two or five years later, know that I believe in you and know that you can do this as long as you just believe that you can. No journey, and I mean that, no journey can begin unless you're willing to take that first step to begin. You never know how the story is going to end unless you're willing to actually begin it. So close your eyes, ladies and gentlemen, they should already be closed. <laughs> Keep those eyes closed and just tell yourself, I will begin. It's time to start your journey. It's time to look at what you need and it's time to look at your goals, something that you've been putting off, whatever it is, go for it. Or take one step, just one step toward making it a reality. My step this week is what I'm doing right now. I have been dragging my heels so much about recording the pilot episode of this show. And I can't do it anymore. I have to get it into my computer. I have to get it recorded on the microphone. And I have to get this audio published into an RSS feed and get it into your ears. Because... I never know where this culinary journey is going to take me unless I do this right now. Take 
those steps for yourself this week. And let me know on social media, be it Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at Nikolai's Kitchen. Let me know, ladies and gentlemen, what you're beginning this week. Before we look at this week in food, ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to take an opportunity to thank my absolutely amazing patrons over on patreon.com slash Nikolai's Kitchen. There are three Patreon tiers. Uh, the first level, $1 level, you get any bonus content that I produce, whether it's food related or not. I've got an episode of Spot the Lie, which I did with some other podcasters. It's a fun kind of game show. It is a little bit not safe for work, so just keep that in mind when you tune into it. But please tune into that. That's $1 and up. $5 and up means you get access to one monthly bonus episode, which will include an uh, episode recipe that you will not be able to get anywhere else. But in that episode, and at the maximum level, the $12 level, thank you so, so much to Chris Yaney, Jared Taylor, Dan Brennick, Crystal Lane, and Bill Sutton. Thank you so, so much. Every single quarter, if you're a max level patron on this show, you get something from my kitchen. And second week of December or so, give or take on the time frame, that's going to be Christmas cookies. This quarter's top level Patreon tier Christmas cookies. I love, love, love Christmas cookies. My favorite Christmas cookie is double chocolate peppermints. And I can't wait to make those. I will talk to you guys about the recipe here on the show, as well as some other Christmas cookies and things like that. But if you're a top level patron, $12, then I'm going to send you some along with some other Christmas cookies. It's going to be a variety. So I just wanted to take an opportunity to shout out all of my amazing patrons. And, you know, please, like I said, if you're interested, you get a bonus episode, bonus recipes, and you'll get to submit recipes for me to cook as well on those Patreon bonus episodes. So make sure you head over there and support the show. I would really, really, really appreciate it. You help to make this culinary journey possible. So ladies and gentlemen, this week in food, I just spent the weekend with my absolutely amazing girlfriend, Rebecca, and she was here and I decided we were going to do a little bit of a Mexican weekend. And, uh, you know, our first ever date, we didn't do Mexican right away. We did that on Saturday. So Friday night when she got here, our first ever date, the first thing I ever made her was homemade chicken and waffles. Now I do a flour egg wash panko and then I air fry chicken breast fillets and then I actually do a homemade honey sriracha maple syrup with garlic in it that is ladies and gentlemen I promise you out of this world and all the recipes that I talk about here in this week in food they will at some point most likely be a featured recipe here on the show. So if you hear me talk about something and you really, really want to know about it, let me know on social media, light it up and say, Oh, I really want to know how to make that. I really want you to break that down. Whatever the case may be, get at me and I will walk you through it. I will talk you through step by step. I will move it up. We will make it the featured recipe of an upcoming episode of the show. So if you hear something that you want to know about that isn't the featured recipe, just let me know and I'll be happy to talk about it for you. And I do my waffles with three quarters all-purpose flour, and then I do a quarter almond flour. And my waffles turn out really, really dense, but I also add some sriracha to the batter, so they've got just a little bit of a kick. And that chicken on those waffles just drenched 
with that garlic, maple, sriracha, all those flavors in harmony, homemade pancake syrup. One of the easiest things you can ever do if that's something that scares you. And I know that that's going to be one of those things that's going to be a common theme on this show because there's still a lot of things, guys, that really scare me. When it comes to the kitchen, there's a lot of things that really terrify me. Like, oh, I can't even imagine doing something like that. And we're going to get into a lot of that stuff as we go forward in the show. Don't be afraid. And I will guide you through, like I said, in the featured recipes week to week. But those turned out absolutely amazing. And like I said, that was just a little echo of the first date that we had ever had. And uh, they turned out absolutely Absolutely amazing. But the big, the big piece de resistance was a marinated seared skirt steak uh, that I threw together and I did red wine, red wine vinegar, Worcestershire, soy sauce, garlic, onion, lime zest, lime juice, a bunch of other stuff in the marinade. Marinated the skirt steak for roughly six to eight hours. And then I just seared it on both sides on cast iron, two minutes per side, straight up. And then I pulled it and let it rest. And then I topped it with a homemade chimichurri. So you had parsley, cilantro, again, lime juice, lime zest, garlic, onion, all that stuff playing around in there, just drenched over the top of it, served alongside of some whole kernel corn with a Mexican street corn inspired recipe. And uh, I don't have ears of corn this time of year. They're just unfortunately out of season. Instead, I just did whole kernel corn and then did this mixture of cojita cheese. And I'm not a big sour cream fan. You're going to hear about the things that I'm not too big of a fan of on the show and the ways that I like to try to challenge myself to replace them. So I don't like sour cream. So I decided to replace it with plain Greek yogurt. So we did some plain Greek yogurt. We did, again, the cojita cheese, again, lime juice, lime zest, garlic, onion, mayonnaise, Mixed all that together and topped the corn with it. And guys, that steak, first of all, that steak was perfect. I'm going to be breaking down that skirt steak in full detail in the coming weeks on the show. So please make sure that you stay tuned for that. But it was just cooked to an absolutely perfect, perfect. It was more on the rare side of mid-rare, but just unbelievable. And with skirt steak, you've got to slice it against the grain and you've got to slice it thin When you couple that with marinade, it is one of the most flavorful cuts of beef I have ever eaten in my entire life. One of the most flavorful steak dishes I've ever made in my entire life. I promise you, if you've never had skirt steak, now granted, it's about 20 bucks a pound where I buy it, and I don't know what kind of deals you can get at your butcher, but if you can get yourself a skirt steak, I mean, it's a very tough cut. You can't get away with not marinating. You have to marinate it to break down those tough muscle fibers. But if you've never tried it, if you're scared, because this is my first one, do it. I promise you, you will absolutely not regret it. It just needs a little kiss of heat on both sides, nice high heat sear, and then you rest it, slice it thin against the grain, and I'm telling you, I, I went to meet heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, I went to meet Evan. It was absolutely incredible. And along with those, we just did some simple scratch made margaritas. And I'm going to actually spin the recipe for you guys really, really quick right here. It's very, very simple. Actually, you take two ounces tequila, one ounce of triple sec, two ounces of lime juice, 
and then a half an ounce of agave syrup. And then you, you know, shake that up in a shaker with ice and, you know, rim a glass with salt. I actually have this amazing uh, Caravel Gourmet is the company that does it. It's raspberry chipotle sea salt. It is beyond incredible and it makes the perfect perfect rimming salt for a margarita because it offers just a little bit of a kick with that chipotle in there but you rim the glass with that and then you pour it in there over ice oh just dreamy just absolutely amazingly dreamy and the great thing about cocktails is, is you can really kind of adjust them to your own preferences I really love lime, so some people probably go with a little bit less lime. Some people probably add a little bit more sweetener because they want to kind of try to temper the sour of that lime. I really love it, and when you guys make margaritas especially, promise me, promise me this now, don't go cheap on it. Don't go with white sugar. Get yourself a good agave syrup. I've got agave on the raw, and it is absolutely amazing because what it does is it's just going to enhance the agave flavor get yourself a good middle of the road tequila i like cabo wabo don't get yourself a really cheap tequila because then it's just going to burn really really bad if you're somebody who can afford to get patron i can't really if you can't afford to get patron get patron because patron is amazing like i said i get cabo wabo and i also would really really recommend 1800 silver Excellent, excellent. Especially the Cabo Wabo and the 1800 silver for the price point. You're talking 30-ish dollars a bottle. Really, really good agave flavor. Very, very smooth. And that's what you're looking for when you're looking for a great tequila is something smooth with good agave flavor. Because then when you pair it with an agave syrup, you're just going to enhance the agave flavor in a margarita. And that's the whole point of a margarita to me. Like, I love the lime aspect of it. I want that lime punch to it and I want that salt on the rim but I also need that agave. That's why I'm making a margarita because I want to drink agave. So ladies and gentlemen, I have prattled on long enough. I've got so many other things to tell you about in future episodes of different recipes that I have made. And I've been dragging my heels so long. I actually have a pretty huge list of different things that I've made from my creeping reaper macaroni and cheese salsa that I've made like a thousand different times. Uh, homemade burgers. I did with a homemade birch beer barbecue sauce, but we're going to take a quick break ladies and gentlemen. And when we come back, we are going to talk about this week's featured recipe, red wine infused brownies topped with a red wine chocolate ganache. You are not going to want to miss this. These are some amazingly decadent, and I mean decadent brownies, incredibly rich, incredible chocolate flavor. And I'm going to be back to tell you how to make it step by step right after this. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you so, so much for tuning in again to the pilot episode 
of Nikolai's Kitchen. If you do like the show, I would really, really appreciate it, especially since I am just getting started. If you're a fan of the show, please do me a favor. Head to Apple Podcasts. Link will be down in the show notes. Head over there. Please leave the show a five-star review. It will help push me up in the rankings and help get me into more ears. And that's what I really, really want. I really, really want to make this a success. And you are the entire reason that this show will succeed. Please, please head over there. Again, the link is down in the show notes. And if you're not following me already on social media, again, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Nikolai's Kitchen, you're going to get to see in real time all of the amazing things that I'm making in my kitchen. Also, some of the not so amazing things. We share our failures here as well as our successes. And when I think about successes in the kitchen, one of my old restaurant recipes, which is where a lot of my inspiration for a lot of these recipes is going to come from, from the things that I cook, is from recipes that I tried out, that I tried to do on the restaurant podcast. And this was initially blackberries and wine infused into brownies. And the recipe turned out okay, but it just wasn't quite what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to have more of a wine flavor. The fruit really didn't add anything to it. It kind of disappears. Blackberry is way too subtle a flavor when you're playing around in here with chocolate and wine and all those kinds of things. So I omitted that completely. This is what you're going to need to make these amazing red wine infused brownies with a red wine chocolate ganache. And when we do these featured recipes, everyone, I'm going to leave a pause in here after we talk about each section. So if you want to pause it, if you're going to make this at home, listen along and then pause it and then make sure you've got everything prepared and go on to the next step. I'm going to structure this so that you can pause everything along the way and get all the information that you're going to need. I'm going to put everything in here that I can think of as well as variations. And if there's anything that I maybe think would have helped me make this even better, because especially for these brownies, there's a couple of things that I don't think I did exactly perfectly that I would definitely change when I make them again. For my red wine infused brownies with a red wine chocolate ganache for the brownies, you're going to need four cups of red wine. I used a really bold Cabernet Sauvignon here. You're going to need two sticks of unsalted butter, 10 ounces of chocolate. I ended up going with a 60% Ghirardelli baking chip for this. You make your choice on this in terms of what you want for dark chocolate versus milk chocolate or whatever. I will say that the red wine and the dark chocolate, there's just that symphony that plays on your palate when you have those two things together. So I would recommend going a little bit darker, even if it's not something that you normally do, because you're going to have the wine elements in here that are going to play really, really well with it. Okay. You're going to need two thirds of a cup of dark brown sugar. I like those dark molasses flavors in here. Again, you make the choice. If you want to lighten these up a little bit, you could go all white sugar for this. You're going to need a third of a cup of white sugar as well. So one cup sugar total two tablespoons of pure vanilla extract, five large eggs, three quarters of a cup of all-purpose flour, and one teaspoon of salt. For the ganache, you are going to need eight ounces of heavy cream. You're going to need eight ounces of Baker's chocolate. I went with a Ghirardelli's dark chocolate melting wafers for this. You're going to need two cups of red wine, again, the Cabernet Sauvignon, and an eighth of a cup of sugar, two tablespoons. Uh, White sugar is what I used for the ganache, but we'll get to the ganache a little bit later because you're not going to worry about that until after your brownies have already come out of the oven and they are already cool. So for this recipe, you're going to preheat your oven to 350 degrees. 
Add your four cups of wine and the third of a cup of white sugar to a saucepan, and you're going to let it cook over about medium heat until most of your liquid is reduced and gone. I reduced this four cups of liquid into roughly a third to a half of a cup. Once you've melted away most of that liquid and you're starting to kind of reduce and concentrate everything together, you're really going to concentrate and strengthen the flavor of that red wine. You're going to notice this kind of froth going on in there, just, just kind of frothing up in there. And that's when you know you're just about done. Make sure that you're stirring this regularly and check this often because if you let it go too far, you're going to end up burning it. You can really, really tell. Get yourself a little metal spoon and dip it in there and it's going to just kind of drizzle off of the back of it. It's not just going to kind of pour off of it like water does. It's going to kind of be really thick and kind of cling to your spoon a little bit. That's when you know it's done. Pull it off and set it aside. All right, now get yourself a double boiler set up, and that means you're going to take a large bowl, and you're going to get a pot with boiling water in it, and you're going to put that bowl on top of that. Not so the water is hitting the bowl. You don't want the water to be hitting the bowl, but you just want that over the top of it to melt your chocolate. Put your two sticks of butter in there as well as your chocolate, and just bring that water to a boil and let that start to melt. Stir it and bring it all together. Once your chocolate is all melted, you can go ahead and you can add your wine mixture into your chocolate. Stir that really, really well together. Then you're going to want to go ahead and add your two-thirds of a cup of dark brown sugar, your salt, and your vanilla. Incorporate this together. And then you're going to want to make sure that your chocolate and your mixture, this whole thing is going to be just warmish to the touch. You don't want it to be really, really hot because you're going to start adding your eggs to it. And you don't want this to be really, really hot because you're going to start cooking your eggs if you start adding them to the dish, if it's really, really hot. Okay. If you're not there, give it a few moments, wait, and then you're going to add your eggs one at a time, mixing them just until it's incorporated. Now, when I originally wrote this recipe, for whatever reason, I wrote whisk well. And I don't know why I wrote that, because I wrote this recipe a few years ago. I have really no idea why I decided to do that. And I decided to follow that to the letter when I did it. Now, if you want a cakey brownie, by all means, go ahead and whisk the ever-loving heck out of it every time you add an egg in here. Because what you're doing is you're going to add a lot of air to this. And the outside of your pan, the brownies on the outside especially, you're going to get some cakiness because you're introducing a lot of air in here. You really just want to kind of make sure the egg is mixed in and well incorporated. You don't need to really whip it in there and beat a lot of air into this thing. Get all your eggs in there and then you're going to sift three quarters of a cup of flour into there. Mix it all together just until it's combined. You don't need to overmix this. All right. And then when I made this, I actually did this in an eight by eight baking dish. Now you can do this in either a nine by 13 or an eight by eight. All right, if you decide to do this in a nine by 13, it's gonna take between 25 and 30 minutes, give or take. The first time I ever made these, it took about 28 minutes to the number. In the eight by eight baking dish, uh, it's gonna take a bit longer. You're probably talking more in the 35 minute range, 30 to 35 minutes. You're gonna wanna check it. now. It depends on how you like your brownies. Some people like them cakey, some people don't. When you insert a fork or a toothpick in the middle of this, it shouldn't be liquidy, but you should still get a little bit of, uh, you know, brownie particles on there. Like it should look gooey and it should look rich and chocolatey and everything, but it shouldn't be liquidy to where it just 
pours and drips off of it. It should really stick to it. That's when you know you're pretty much done. If you're somebody who wants your brownies to be a little bit more set, if you like them to be a little bit more cakey, leave it in there for a few minutes. Wait until your fork or your toothpick or whatever comes out clean. Okay? Take your brownies out. When they're done, set them aside, and you're just going to let them cool. So once your brownies cool, this is when you're going to want to make your chocolate ganache. Now, once upon a time for a restaurant, I made whatever I believed a ganache to be. Uh, I don't know what I thought it was. I'd have to look up that recipe, but I know that there were a lot of ingredients in it. And if you know ganache, you know that there are two ingredients in a ganache. Heavy cream and chocolate. That's it. It's it's cream and chocolate in equal proportions. Okay. And that's why I said eight ounces. Now, eight ounces of heavy cream is a cup. Do not do what I did and measure a cup of your melting chocolate by itself because it's not going to come up to a full eight ounces when it's melted and when it's incorporated. Go by weight here. Get yourself a kitchen scale if you don't have one. Uh, mine is a godsend. I got it for brewing beer. And I always forget to use it for these kinds of applications. Weigh everything. I mean, the heavy cream, you don't really need to weigh. A cup is going to be eight ounces, no problem. But your chocolate, make sure you're weighing that so you make sure you get eight ounces. And then you're going to take your chocolate. You're going to add it to like a glass bowl. And then you're going to put your heavy cream in a saucepan, turn it on medium heat, and you're going to let it warm up until you start to see it simmering on the edges. You don't want your cream to be too hot because if you add it when it's too hot, it's going to break the chocolate and it's going to ruin your ganache. You want this to be pretty warm because you want to be able to melt the chocolate and mix it in really, really well, but you don't want to overdo it. You also are going to need red wine syrup, kind of the same thing that you did with your brownies. You may want to make this ahead of time. You could also, if you really want to, make this when you make the brownies and then set aside a portion of it. It's going to reduce down to about a quarter to a third of a cup for this. And just set that aside because you're going to stick the two tablespoons of sugar, your two cups of red wine into the pot. Same instructions as before. Just let it cook down. Let it boil down. And then you're going to let it cool. You don't want to add this to your ganache when it's too hot. Okay, so once your cream reaches temperature, take it off the stove, pour it in with your chocolate and just start mixing. Just keep mixing whatever you do until you get this nice, shiny, shimmering, beautiful lake of chocolate that's just mixed so beautifully with that heavy cream. And this is where you want to add your cool that should just basically barely be warm to the touch about the same temperature as your cream and chocolate. Add in that red wine syrup, mix it together, okay? And then pour it over your cooled brownies, cover it all, and let them set. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That is red wine-infused dark chocolate brownies with a red wine chocolate ganache. And I promise you these, I love a gooey, decadently rich, like I want chocolate every single bite to be super super chocolatey decadent rich brownie flavor so if you're not somebody who likes something like that you may want to consider cutting back a little bit on the chocolate similarly with the wine you can just make this without any of the wine whatsoever and just make yourself normal brownies again bake it a little bit longer if you want to do something like a little bit of a cakier brownie. Whip some more air into it when you're incorporating those eggs and when you're incorporating everything into it. If you want your brownies to be a little thinner and maybe get a little bit more of a crispy edge, mine in my 8x8 pan really didn't get a whole lot of crisp to them because 
There was a lot of cakiness. Again, they were just really thick and gooey and chewy. And oh, God, I am just the chocolate intensity was so, so strong. But you get such a powerful undercurrent of that red wine syrup inside of there. It was just absolutely breathtaking. So please, ladies and gentlemen, please give this recipe a try in your kitchen. Please let me know again over on social media how it turned out for you. And let me know if there's any other kinds of things that you want to see me maybe try to do with these brownies. Something to try to add to them, something to try to change. The first time I ever made these brownies, I made them with a chocolate raspberry frosting that used fresh raspberries. And I don't remember it turning out all that well whatsoever. So I didn't even bother to try to replicate it for this. But that was the initial restaurant recipe. I can publish that along with this recipe if you guys want to see kind of where this came from. But a lot of my old recipes, uh, one of the biggest things that I've done, and before I wrap up today's show, it's really, really important that you know this about me, that a little over a year ago, roughly a year and a half ago at this point, I committed to hashtag drop the sugar. Shout out to my good friend out on the West Coast, Justin Winters, host of So I Married a Movie Geek. Uh, he used to be a producer on a TV show called The Doctors, and he started doing something called hashtag drop the sugar, where you drop out added sugar, junk food, soda, candy, treats, any of that kind of stuff, and you start focusing on natural ingredients. Uh, guys, I was so fatally addicted to sugar. I would eat so, so, so much sugar. You have no idea. I could not even begin to tell you the amount of things. Like I would polish off. I'll buy family-sized bags of Reese cups and be sitting here working on podcasting, editing a show, and polish off the whole family-sized bag of it. And that was on top of like a 5,000-calorie diet at the time. I was grossly overweight and I was grossly unhealthy and out of shape. And I decided after a good friend of mine passed away in March of 2019, that I was going to get myself together and I was going to get my life on track and I was going to take care and take charge of my health. And it was Justin and it was hashtag drop the sugar that really, really helped to elevate me to the next step. Now, when I wrote a lot of these recipes, they're going to come from the restaurant show initially. Oh, there's so much sugar, guys. There is so, 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 so much sugar. I made, uh, I was just part of Bench Gives Back, which Trisha and Shauna, two girls on a bench, they did an epilepsy fundraiser. I was just part of that this past weekend. Thank you so much, Trisha and Shauna, for having me as part of that. That was so amazing. And on that show, I made another restaurant recipe, which is my dessert bruschetta, which is angel food cake, strawberries, raspberries, mint, and a balsamic drizzle. And the initial recipe, when I wrote it for restaurant, guys, three quarters of a cup of sugar. Three quarters of a cup. I put two tablespoons into it when I made it for Bench Gives Back. And even that was a little bit sweet to me. When I committed to hashtag drop the sugar, and if you do something like that, I'm not telling you you have to, and I'm not getting preachy at you. I don't want to tell you to do anything that you don't want to do. You live your life how you want to live your life because that's what makes you beautiful. But if you're somebody like me who really, really struggled with your weight and really, really struggled with a just crippling addiction to sugar, especially added sugar, the kind of sugar like high fructose corn syrup that gets added into so much food, especially in America, make a change. Commit yourself to make that change. Once you make that change and you stop eating those kinds of things, it will floor you how sweet everything tastes and how much less sugar you pour into all of the different things that you eat. Now, I still have a sweet tooth. I do still have some different sweet things here and there. I mean, these brownies, they're very, very decadent. But one thing that they're not is very, very sweet. Even though there is 
you know, between the ganache and between the brownies themselves, there's over a cup of sugar in here. Plus, you know, you've got the sweetness of the wine. Please use a dry wine for this. Do not, do not use a sweet red wine. I can't imagine how cloyingly sweet these brownies would be if you made it with a sweet red wine. But it is a reflection. And, you know, I will post some of these original segments and some of these initial recipes over on the Patreon. And, you know, if you join up over on Patreon, you'll get to see a lot of these original restaurant recipes. So you're going to want to take that into consideration if you ever decide to replicate them for yourself. That I was fatally addicted to sugar. I loved me a lot of extra sugar. As much sugar as I could possibly add. Mm. I'm so, so glad that I'm revisiting so many of these recipes because I really get to revisit them from my perspective and be like, no. And really, really take them down and and, and cut all that out. And, and I'm going to say, if you decide you want to go with some sweeter chocolate, like milk chocolate, and you want to go with, you know, chocolate with a little bit more sugar in it, still get higher quality, like a Ghirardelli or something like that. But, you know, look at the sugar content in the chocolate you're buying. And you're going to want to take that into consideration when you're adding sugar in. Instead of two-thirds of a cup of dark brown sugar, maybe go with a half a cup. Maybe go with a third of a cup. Reduce it back so you're not overwhelming yourself with just a ton of sugar per bite. And that is it. That is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for my first episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. Again, please, please, please follow me on social media at Nikolai's Kitchen, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. There is also a Facebook group called Reserve Seating. It's the old restaurant Facebook group. It is still active. So that's at facebook.com slash groups slash Nikolai's Kitchen. Please follow me on social media. You get to follow all of my crazy food adventures and see a lot of the different things that I'm going to be talking about in the future here on the show. Next week on the show, I do believe we are going to break down that skirt steak. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to break down the chimichurri and I'm going to talk about the marinade that I made and the process that I went through to make this. If you've never had skirt steak, I promise you, you are going to want to get this. It's going to change your life. It's going to change what you think about steak. Until next time, I love you so, so much. I appreciate so much you taking the time to listen to the show. I hope that you have an absolutely beautiful week. Thank you for coming on this journey with me.